This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Last month, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved Sobe's Gamafan to treat HLH, an ultra-rare condition characterized by hyperinflammation with high morbidity and mortality. The approval strengthened Sobe's immunology franchise in the United States. We spoke to Rami Levin, president of Sobe North America, and Carol Sattler, vice president of medical affairs for Sobe, about HLH, the significance of the Gamafant approval, and how it fits in with the company's broader strategy. Rami, Carol, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. We're going to talk about HLH, the recent approval of your new drug, Gamafant, and what it means for Sobe in North America. Let's start with HLH, though. Carol, perhaps you can begin, for listeners not familiar with HLH, what is it, how rare is it, and how does it progress? Sure. So this is Carol Settler, and HLH is really a disease, especially the primary HLH, that is really inherited, and it presents actually usually within the first year of life, and a child may present initially with a fever, looking a little yellow, and is brought to a pediatrician, where often they're sent out, but within 24 to 48 hours, they get much sicker and often are hospitalized, maybe in an intensive care unit, um, because they're so sick. And it's it's fairly rare, especially it's one of those ultra-rare diseases. We expect about 80 to 100 new cases in the United States per year. It progresses very rapidly. The child may um, present initially, as I mentioned, with a fever, a little bit of jaundice, and then they rapidly get sicker and sicker where their liver gets enlarged, their spleen gets enlarged, and they it does affect their immune system where effectively you have excessive immune activation and therefore it does have an effect on their bone marrow where they can have impact on their red cells, their platelets, their white cells, and it does set them up for potential infection. So it would progress very rapidly and the outcome for children that are not treated within approximately two to three months, it is fatal. So it is important to diagnose it as quickly as possible and to get treatment as quickly as possible. Uh, how has it been treated to date? So in the past, it was treated primarily with steroids and chemotherapy. Um, today, with Gamathant being the first approved therapy, we hope that in children that actually get the diagnosis and really are uh, refractory to the initial treatment of steroids, 
and um, chemotherapy, that gamifant would be effectively considered in this population to be used in combination with steroids. You talked about the importance of rapid diagnosis. How easily is this condition diagnosed, and are there many patients who are not properly diagnosed? I would estimate that initially the the children present with very nonspecific findings of just a fever, maybe a little bit of lethargy, maybe a little yellow, and people um, often think that the child just has, you know, an infection, a viral infection, and often gets sent home. But once um, it begins to have the excessive immune activation, there are many organs involved, so you get liver liver enlargement, spleen enlargement, and often the child will present much more acutely ill um, back to the pediatrician and then be rapidly hospitalized. Overall, since it's being very rare, um, sometimes the the patients will be seen several times in an emergency room or in a pediatrician's office before um, a specialist is called in, such as such as an oncologist or an immunologist or a hepatologist, someone who deals with liver disease, to help with the diagnosis. But once they feel they have the diagnosis, treatment is started pretty immediately, um, including the steroids um, and potentially chemotherapy, and hopefully in the future, steroids and gamifant. Well, I mentioned you recently won approval for gamifant. What is it, and, and how does it work? So gamifant is a monoclonal antibody. It's a monoclonal antibody to interfere in gamma, which is elevated in these children that have defective immune systems. They have defective what T cells, and with that um, defective T cells, they actually have an increase in interferon gamma, and, and gamma-fan, being a monoclonal antibody, binds the interferon gamma and prevents the progression of um, the disease in terms of the target organs um, with activation of other cells, such as macrophages. Oh. What do we know about gamma-fat from the clinical studies? Well, the clinical studies have been very informative. Effectively, um, 34 children were initially studied, of which 27 were ones that actually had um, been treated prior or actually failed conventional therapy. And of those, um, 70% of those children um, went on to transplant. That is the only thing that is really curative in this population. And of those that went on to transplant, um, 89.5% actually survived. And that data was recently presented at the American uh, Society of Hematology meeting uh, at the Congress in December. Well, Rami, let's bring you into this. When do you expect gamma-fan to actually be available? And and given that this is an ultra-rare indication, how are you going about letting physicians and patients know about its availability? Yep. So, um, hi, Danny. So, uh, indeed, the product has been approved since November uh, 20th. Um, The product will be available in January. Um, And one of the... uh, main focuses for us indeed is um, raising awareness and educating the community, both the physicians and the patients, about the availability of gamma uh, and obviously the benefits and the clinical trial data. 
Um, that is absolutely the main focus, and it actually started at the ASH meeting about two weeks ago, which was our, uh, if you will, our external launch. That was our first opportunity to share the data with the medical community. Um, it was well attended. We actually had several opportunities throughout that meeting to share the data as well as to um, meet and learn and interact with some of the um, top KOLs in the field and really understand from them um, how um, how best to um, disseminate the data to those who did not participate, how to use their experience to educate other physicians who have not attended uh, that meeting uh, and make sure that, you know, the physicians uh, feel comfortable um, not only to diagnose but also to treat with, with gabapentin based on the available data. Given that there may be many undiagnosed patients, what are you doing to, to raise awareness of the condition and find patients who may not yet be diagnosed? Yeah, so as I was saying, I think interacting with physicians is, is absolutely key. Making sure that they feel comfortable not only with diagnosing, um, you know, we know that it's going to be treated in centers of excellence. Uh, and we know that today there are, you know, a handful of those experts uh, in the U.S. that feel comfortable uh, to diagnose and to treat um, primary HLH patients. We know that many of the other physicians refer to those centers. Uh, and it will be our um, goal to make sure that everyone, um, first of all, is aware of where those centers of excellence are, that are aware and feel comfortable with the GammaFant data. Um, we're interacting a lot uh, through our patient advocacy efforts with many of the patient groups. Uh, we've already uh, interacted and reached out to almost all of them, uh, and I think it will be an important partnership between us, the patient organizations, um, and, and the physician, and uh, uh, making sure that everyone uh, feels comfortable with, with the data and, 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 and with treating with GammaFant. GammaFant was not discovered and developed in-house. It was acquired from Novamune, which was a, a privately held Swiss company. Why did Sobe decide to acquire Gamafent? Well, I think Gamafent, uh, as I say to my team, if I had to dream of the ideal um, um, uh, partnership for us, Gamafent would have been that product. It's a product for an ultra-rare indication, uh, a pediatric indication, um, um, it, it's the first ever approved drug in primary HLH, um, and as a company that w uh, that aspires to become a global leader in rare diseases, um, this couldn't have been a better fit. Um, I think we are well equipped to launch such a product. It fits perfectly well within the portfolio of products that we currently have, which is also very much focused on pediatric patients. Um, um, I think it's a perfect fit for Sobe. Uh, as you look at potential molecules to acquire, uh, how, how much of a consideration is given to the size of a disease population, and was there any hesitation about pursuing a, a drug like this where you do have such a small patient population even though you live in a, a world of rare diseases? Yeah. Many of the, of the um, patients that we treat today with our current indications are for very, very small um, um, patient populations. Um, I think what is more important to us is not so much the size of the population, 
but much more important to us is, is this an area of unmet medical need? Um, is there, are there other treatments available? Um, if not, then definitely we're interested. Again, going back to our vision of becoming a global rare disease company, um, many of the disease areas that we are pursuing are exactly these small, um, um, small rare diseases, very small patient population, very small, very um, specific um, physicians um, 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 uh, treating these diseases. Um, so I think this is exactly the type of indication uh, that we actually are looking for. You mentioned this fit in well with your existing product offerings. Give us some context on that, and and how does that consideration fit into your thinking when, when making a decision about potentially acquiring a molecule? Is it the same physicians you'll be calling on that you call on for other products? Is there an expertise that, that you have in-house? What what was the thought process? Sure. So I think we look at a variety of different things. Um, of course, in this particular case, um, one uh, great synergy is um, it all falls under a franchise that we created that's called Immunology. Um, we have other products today in-house that fall under that franchise, and, and actually um, um, Gamafan falls perfectly within that. So within that synergy of, of franchise come obviously a synergy of expertise, um, and that would be the type of um, patients that we treat. It, 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 it includes the type of experience that we bring to the table when um, uh, promoting to the um, uh, um, physician type, to the to the size of the uh, uh, magnitude of the of the market. Um, and again, I think what we bring to the table is this. Um, uh, very close network with the patient population um, and the patient organizations and how do we build um, that relationship for the benefit of the patients who desperately need these products. And I think it's that expertise that we bring to GammaFat from the other um, products that we currently have in Sobe. And have you announced pricing on the product yet or had conversations with payers? Um, we have not announced the pricing yet. Yes, we have had conversations with payers. Um, the conversations have gone really well. I think the payers um, completely understand the severity of the disease and the importance of gamma-fan in the treatment algorithm of this, of this disease. Um, so the discussions have gone really well, but the price has not yet been announced. And while this is a, a rare indication, autoimmune diseases by no means are, are rare. There, it represents a, a very large market opportunity. Are you looking at other potential indications for gamafent? Yep, absolutely. So, um, you know, we're having internal conversations to best understand um, what other indications gamafent could potentially uh, uh, benefit uh, benefit patients. And um, there are a variety of different. Um, indications that we are looking at, um, and as soon as we finalize our plans, of course, we will announce those. Uh, we will speak to the community. And again, even here, the, the, the most important thing that drives um, those decisions is indeed where what benefits most the patients who need it. Where where would this product, um, you know, benefit patients? Um, where is there an unmet medical need where there's no treatment currently available where Gamafan could potentially add value to patients? Um, who, 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 who desperately need the product. And I think that kind of 
um, adds or is added to the conversation to really um, help us decide where we want to uh, pursue or what indications we want to pursue. Ronnie Levin, President of Sobe North America, and Carol Sattler, Vice President of Medical Affairs for Sobe. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.